Welcome to the third episode of UCEM in Conversation With, where I'm joined by UCEM's 2020 Academic Excellence Award winner, Philip Goldstone. Hi, Philip. Hi, Andrew. How are you today? Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. Good stuff. Right, so so Philip gained a distinction from our MSc Quantity Surveying Programme and won the Academic Excellence Award for his dissertation on how ethics can be embedded into construction projects. So first up, Philip, uh, congratulations on the award. Yeah, thank you, Andrew. Proud of the achievement and hope that I can use the publicity to promote the topic of ethics in construction in the future. Great stuff. So, uh, so first off on that, what inspired you to write on embedding ethics into construction projects? Well, when considering a topic for my final year master's dissertation, I brainstormed a number of potential areas of research. For instance, I considered the topic of claims in construction contracts, and I also thought about a project on whole life costing and social housing. At one point, I was thinking of researching the potential for sensors and RFID tagging on building sites. But the subject of ethics and how they could be better embedded in construction project caught my imagination. So working as an employer's agent and contract administrator at a consultancy, I could see that I played a potentially pivotal role as the member of the project team who could influence ethical conduct. So I set out to discover how this could best be affected. Another reason was that I knew the emphasis the RICS places on ethics as a core component of becoming chartered. And as an APC student, I thought, why not become knowledgeable in this area? So you went, went through a few different options and before sort of landing on sticking with the ethics side of things. And, and, and that was where, where you got to in terms of your subject. But could you talk me through the dissertation process? So, so when did you begin working on it? Uh, what did it involve in terms of time? And how did it fit into your daily life? I opted to complete the dissertation over the course of one semester, along with one other module. It, it was a lot to take on, but I knew that once done, I would have completed my studies. So the motivation was there to push hard and finish strong. I found the process of completing the dissertation at USEM was well-structured. Students are supported by a taught component that covers the critically important areas of how to select a topic, how to go about doing the research and preparing a literature review, and what research methods, qualitative or quantitative, a student can utilise. So in around week seven, I submitted a graded research proposal, and throughout this period, I was supported by my project supervisor. This enabled me to have one-to-one feedback and guidance to ensure I was on the right track and ready to embark on the primary and secondary research gathering, critical analysis and report writing. In terms of time, I had to be disciplined and compartmentalise the commitments I had, be it work, family or study. So I I used some of my annual leave leading up to hand-in deadlines so that I could completely immerse myself and focus At times, I have to say, I felt a little selfish and guilty that I was locking myself away from the family. But I comforted myself in the knowledge that it was all for a good cause. Great stuff. And um, yeah, really uh, great commitment to getting it complete and and, and trying to finish it off in in the final straight by just saying, I'm going to get this done now. So you say that that it was over one semester, that that's correct. So so six months, is that? Uh, Yeah, I think it was uh, in weeks, uh, approximately 22 weeks. 22 weeks. You've obviously completed it at that point and and how did it feel when you did complete it did you expect it to be as well received as it has been well on completing my dissertation i was enormously relieved to click on the submit button and step back from my desk 
uh, no last minute IT glitches and it, it was all done. The, the results came through around seven weeks later and it was around the 17th of uh, April. I have to say it was a strange situation to be celebrating a personal achievement whilst the country was in the prelude to the coronavirus lockdown. So I didn't expect it to be as well received as it has been. And it, it was a complete surprise to receive the email from UCEM's principal, Ashley Wheaton, first congratulating me on the nomination and more recently, again, congratulating me on winning the 2020 Academic Excellence Award. Yeah, which, which of course, we, we only announced uh, last week. Um, and, and yeah, you, you join our, uh, our Hall of Fame winners from, from the past six years since the um, award has been inaugurated back in 2015. Um, so, so really fantastic achievement, and and of course you were among a group of people who'd submitted some excellent dissertations. So, so to win is 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 huge, and I believe now that you know at UCM we're we're looking at ways to to push this more widely. Your, your research. So, so what impact do you think your research could have if publicised more widely in the built environment sector? So, to recap, um, the purpose of my dissertation was to investigate how the quantity surveyor, the QS performing the role of employer's agent or contract administrator, the CA, can best achieve positive project outcomes for their clients through the promotion of ethics at the project team level. So I posited that the CA should act as a change agent or what I called an ethics ambassador, using different tools and techniques to allow this to happen. The QS as CA is ideally suited for the role of ethics ambassador, being a RICS qualified chartered surveyor or on the road to being so. The training of a QS is not only in technical skills, but also in upholding ethical principles. So, the QS should go ahead and preach what they already practice to the assembled project team and influence project outcomes for the better. So, I looked into how this preaching could take place on a practical level, be it overt or subtle tools and techniques. The baseline was to say, What is out there in terms of ethics training that the QS receives during the assessment of professional competency, or the APC, and once qualified in terms of continuing professional development, CPD? So to do this, I use what's termed the lens of ethical theory to critique the current RICS ethics training and their suite of ethics documentation. What I found was Normative ethics theory, that's what one should or ought to do, is well represented in the RICS training. Also, descriptive ethics, represented by a rational and fully cognitive practitioner, is well represented by RICS through rules-based documentation, guidance and training. But significantly, what I found to be missing was the embracing of behavioural ethics and the impact of psychological factors that influence ethical choices. So, in answer to your question... I hope that by publicising my research to a wider audience in the built environment sector, the impact will be to raise awareness of the importance of providing training in behavioural ethics and more broadly, behavioural psychology. So, yeah, that's... um... That's an interesting introduction to those different theories there, which which you you mentioning and uh, and behavioural ethics is is the one which you say is is missing because because I know you'd you'd said also previously that you were quite impressed when you looked at our ICS and what they'd done in terms of ethics and they seem to have a, a fair bit of it covered. So do you think this is something you perhaps go directly to the RICS and it could become perhaps embedded as part of the APC process? Yeah, I would be very keen to to approach them and to show them the research that uh, I've carried out and to see 
if, uh, if, if it's of interest and if, if they would like me to assist uh, or be part of a, a working group to, uh, to develop that further. Right, so I hope someone from RICS is listening. We could see if we could uh, make that become a reality. Uh, but in the meantime, of course, we can publicise it and hopefully through, through a number of streams, it can start to be talked about more widely in the sector and, and perhaps then uh, see some action. Um, so going back to your uh, employment, you currently work as a quantity surveyor for a construction consultancy in London. So how long have you been working in the construction industry? And, you know, could you talk me through your career to date? Yeah, you could say I've taken the scenic route to becoming a QS and working at a construction consultancy. The uh, potted history of my career is that after graduating from what was UMIST, which is today part of the University of Manchester, with a degree in international management, I headed into accountancy at PwC, followed by time working at the rating agency Standard & Poor's and then a period at uh, JP Morgan. Then I switched away from the city and began a new career in the built environment. I got involved in a couple of businesses that offered turnkey timber frame buildings and over 10 plus years learned the ropes in construction, as well as the trials, tribulations and occasional moments of euphoria of running a small business. After getting married and starting a family, I decided that it was time once again to adjust my career plan. So in early 2017, I leveraged off my construction experience and joined a construction consultancy in London, where I remain remain today. Great stuff. And and, and why did you move from accountancy to construction? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. And uh, I, I think it was um, a moment where my eyes were opened to really wanting to do something that's uh, tangible. And uh, maybe I, 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 I'd become a little bit cynical of, t- of my time in the city. Uh, so it was... Uh, you know, it was a moment in time where I thought, you know, I am no, no, no responsibilities in terms of family and thought, you know, it's time to do something that I'd wanted to do for a while, which is something a little bit entrepreneurial and uh, go, go off and see, see how that went. So, uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a moment in time. But, uh, and also, as I say, it was uh, the scenic route, but uh, a lot of uh, experience uh, at the coalface, uh, learning about construction. Uh, that uh, has served me well now as, as a QS. And now that you've made that move, and obviously you've been in the construction industry, you know, for for a few years now, uh, what is it that you enjoy about working in construction? So, with, without being too dramatic, I absolutely love working as a professional quantity surveyor, and believe that I found my true vocation. What I enjoy about working in the field of construction is that it offers such a broad array of interesting areas of intellectual pursuit. Construction touches on all subjects, on science, think about the properties of materials, on social science, think ethical conduct or housing policy, on geography, think substructure and soils, on history, think listed buildings, and on maths, think estimating, and even on law, think contracts. I could go on. In in the one industry, construction, you have a whole syllabus and the opportunity for learning never stops. Fantastic. And um, that, that was really, you know, lovely when you're talking about the different subjects, which obviously, you know, most of us would be familiar with uh, at school, with the exception of, of law there. Uh, it's certainly something which we would like to publicise more at that age, construction, and, and uh, by, by offering those examples of subjects, like I say, which most of us would be familiar with that we'd have studied to some degree. I, I think that's uh, a really powerful way of showing the impact 
these subjects can have with with construction and 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 it does show the the breadth of the industry as well which perhaps isn't widely uh, acknowledged or or understood so so i think that's a that's a really great answer and uh and and yeah certainly something we would like to uh, to push more that you know school leavers for instance that the construction industry is is a fantastic one to go into uh, i would come back on that and say absolutely if i uh, I remember not knowing or the words of built environment or architecture or, or town planning or any anything in that realm was was never mentioned as a career choice um, or, or discussed at school. So you, you could think about maths and and uh, doing uh, trigonometry uh, and wondering why. And, and and if you apply it to the setting of construction, then you, you've got a simple answer. It's uh, if you want to know how many tiles to go on a roof. You'd, you, trigonometry would give you the answer. So it, it, it's, it serves as a useful, a very useful and a physical subject that you can, you can point to and say, this is why you need the skills you do. Uh, and I think that serves as, a, as an inspiration to, could be an inspiration to many. Definitely. And, and, and I think that that is something which, which is very important that, I mean, that, that's a perfect example. Certainly maths beyond GCSE level you can be studying it and, and often <laughs> kind of ask why, why are we studying this? Because the, the gap between the skills you're learning at that age and seeing the tangible impact of what you can do with these skills, I think sometimes is lacking. And, and yeah, that would, that would be something which I think we can do far more in terms of saying these are the skills which you can then go on to use within the industry um so yeah i think some really slightly tangential to to our conversation but also you know you've, you've stumbled across a really important point and something which like i say at school level uh could be of, of massive impact by showing how how those skills can be used moving forwards and, and and going back to yourself you know and talking about moving forwards what what are your aspirations uh now in your career okay so yeah well the, the first is is to become chartered and, and achieve the gold standard qualification of the built environment which is members membership of the rics and uh, i will apply at the next session in in spring next year um, second, I, I hope to continue to serve my clients well, acting in the capacity of employer's agent or contract administrator. The specialism of the firm I work for, called Walker Construction Consultants, is residential developments for local authorities and housing associations. And uh, I enjoy providing the mix of pre- and post-contract services and seeing a project develop from the briefing stage through to construction and, and handover. I have to say that it is gratifying to play a part in the building of much needed social housing in London boroughs. And finally, I have have the aspiration that I would like to continue to promote ethics in construction and, and play a part in changing the culture within the industry towards greater trust, transparency, cooperation and collaboration. I'd especially like to play a part in educating and influencing those at the beginning of their careers to do the right thing when ethical dilemmas present themselves as as in as they will inevitably fantastic i mean yeah if you're looking from an educational point of view then uh you know we we could be asking whether you'd like to uh to tutor our students at some point in the future who knows um but <laughs> but uh but certainly you know good good luck of course with the uh the chartership and and yeah continuing to do what you do with your current role and uh and yeah the ethics side you know this is certainly the start and um and hopefully you can play 
a larger ambassadorial role, whether that's a formal thing like becoming a tutor with us or, or whether that would be, you know, uh, being a mentor to some degree to, to right, students. Thanks. Thanks for the job offer. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll have to speak to the HR team about that. Um, so, so yeah, th- thanks for talking through both the uh, the winning dissertation and and your role uh, within the construction industry. And just to finish off this podcast, I'd like to ask uh, a few quick fire questions. So, uh, first up, what hobbies do you have outside of work? Well, I've been a runner all my life and have uh, chalked up a number of marathons, but. Uh, in recent years, my distances are much shorter now, and uh, I use running to de-stress and unwind and, and get away from my phone for an hour or so. But beyond that, it's all about my, uh, family life. Uh, for example, my family enjoys uh, weekend walks on Hampstead Heath, uh, and then we enjoy uh, offsetting the calories burnt with uh, cake in the, in the cafe. So, and, uh, yeah, I also feel um, uh, it my duty to share... Uh, with my children, my love of 80s music, and uh, you, you, you would often find me in, in the evening uh, DJing uh, around bath time. So that's uh, <laughs> another, another hobby, yeah. Yeah, more, more educational work from yourself there. Absolutely. <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, the, the 80s music is, uh, is uh, you, you know, it's a rite of passage. <laughs> yeah, and it seems the 80s seem to be coming back as a cu- cultural touch point, it, it seems, from... Uh, Certainly, clothing and and I think in some music at the moment it's becoming more that electronic vibe, perhaps. Secondly, um, and as you've just mentioned, there you have a young family uh, with your children only having returned to school. So, what tips would you have for keeping children entertained in the house? Uh, that's a tough one, but uh, yeah, a couple of uh, examples would be uh, a pet for, for sure. Uh, my family. Uh, Oh, oh, sorry, many of the families at my kids' primary school uh, during lockdown acquired a, uh, what's, I think, what's known as a pandemic puppy. Um, however, we went for a, for a hamster and we thought it would be a fun addition to the family, which, which he is. However, the reality is he sleeps all day and runs on his wheel all night. <laughs> so we kept up a little bit. Yes, um, I, uh, I remember that from our own experience. We, we, we had a, a, a hamster for a while and... Uh, Yes, you'd hear the gnawing on the cage when you were trying to get to sleep, which which didn't always help. Um, uh-huh. But yeah, th- there's a tip there for uh, for those who uh, who are looking to keep their children entertained in the house. Um, maybe maybe not a hamster. So, so do you uh, think that a dog would have been a better? Um, yeah, pet? dog. Uh, yeah, I said to my kids that they're welcome to any dog they want as long as it's got batteries. So uh, yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's as probably as far as we're getting down the, the dog route. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but uh, second tip, uh, well, I think it's probably, uh, it goes without saying, but, you know, the iPad. I mean, uh, yeah, my kids are addicted to a game called uh, Roblox, uh, and I find it difficult to prize them away. Uh, but it, it does come in useful when I need to get, you know, emails sent off uh, or attend an online meeting and, and they're home from school. Hmm. And, uh, yeah, sounds quite construction-oriented, uh, Roadblocks. I don't know if it is, but... Um... But either way, certainly the, the iPad comes in handy. So our third question here is, um, assuming you were able to find a bit of spare time for yourself, as you've just discussed, you know, with, with the hamster and your children uh, during, <laughs> du- <laughs> during lockdown. I mean, what en- entertainment did you enjoy during lockdown? Well, it was such good weather during lockdown and we used the garden a lot and really appreciated having it. Um, so the inflatable swimming pool uh, was invaluable, especially for 
cooling down on those hot sticky days. Uh, but 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 uh, in seriousness, lockdown was was challenging to say the least. Um, and like many families, we were juggling home learning with the kids whilst uh, both my wife and I tried to stay on top of our work. Um, but we we did get into a routine of eating lunch together and then going for a walk afterwards and discovering parts of our neighbourhood that we never knew existed. And, and I think that that's something which a, a lot of us experience about more of an appreciation of the nature which surrounds us and, and certainly came to the fore uh, during lockdown. So uh, so hopefully these lessons about, yeah, the natural beauty surrounding us are, are continued moving forwards. And obviously you mentioned your you, you walks down Hampstead Heath, so... Uh, so you clearly enjoy your locality and, uh, and and make good use of it. So studying online requires a great deal of self-motivation. So what tips would you give for motivating yourself? So, yeah, I would recommend the best way to mo- motivate yourself um, and be successful in your studies is, is really to not overcomplicate the task at hand and to take it step by step. Being organised, uh, it gets you most of the way, in my opinion. And if you're studying at a virtual university such as UCEM, then it is important to try to find others in a similar situation so that once in a while you can catch up over coffee and compare notes. And, uh, and yeah, certainly working with your peers is, is really valuable and, and something which we, we continually try to work upon, which is the student community side um, of, of our online learning offer. Um, and just finally, what did you learn about yourself through studying with UCEM? Personally, I learned that uh, I needn't have worried about returning to academia and whether I was up to the task. Uh, I have to say it was a wonderful experience and very the very definition of a good investment. I guess that I applied myself well and the dividends are coming through now. So I would encourage anyone considering returning to education uh, and giving their career a boost to to go for it. Great stuff, and uh, yes, that that's exactly what we would say. Vocational learning, and and um, yeah, hope that obviously studying with us has has been, you know, helpful for your career, and and obviously moving forwards with the chartership as well. So um, yeah, thank you for your time, Philip. Uh, thank you very much for your time. No worries. It's, it's been great discussing your award-winning dissertation. So congratulations on that again, your career and more besides, you know, from Hampstead Heath Walks uh, with, with a uh, treat of cake at the end to uh, owning hamsters and the perils <laughs> which come with that. Um, so, yeah, thanks again. And uh, if you would like to read up on the awards, head to our website, ucem.ac.uk and head to our news section. Thanks for listening.